Okay, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. We've got a really special show for you tonight. We're going to go into a little bit of divination and give you an idea of what goes on out there with other people who do tarot. And we're going to be tarot and oracle cards tonight. But first, we're going to start out as we usually do. Melinda's going to tell us what's in our cups tonight. Tonight, we have mugwort. Not the best tasting. You could, um, but you could put it in other blends. Um, it is good for like third eye. It's good for, it's a mild hallucinogen. Um, it has a lot of health benefits, actually. It's good for digestion and gut health. And it's also, it aids in menstrual cramps. It actually is used for centuries to help stop heavy flow and to regulate um, a cycle from start to finish, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it can also be used for pain relief. You can actually rub it on sore muscles, which I didn't know, like the actual dried herb. Oh. On Yeah. And of course you can make salves and everything, you know, like that, of course. It's also good for headaches, insomnia, and depression. So like St. John's wort. Yes, exactly. Like like St. John's wort. They're probably related. All the warts. All the warts. <laughs> All the wart family. <laughs> and so it says, for millennia, mugwort has been a source for flavoring beverages and food and has also been used for its beneficial properties. There is much traditional folklore surrounding the plant and it has been reported to encourage dreaming. And then the um, it says, Art Artemisia vulgaris is an aromatic plant that grows along creek banks and waysides. This member of the Aceraceae family is known for the silvery shine underneath its leaves. Mugwort herb is commonly brewed into mugwort tea and can also be used as incense, which we know, uh, incorporated into dream pillows and infused into botanical vinegars. Vinegar? Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Now, it's a common plant in the British Isles. It's angular purple stalks growing more than three feet in height. It bears dark green leaves with cottony down undersides. Mugwort is said to have derived its name from having been used to flavor beer before the wide use of hops, which I did not know. Mug. A mug of beer. Okay, that's where they get it from. I did not. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. The botanical name is derived from Artemis, the Greek goddess of the hunt, fertility, and the forest and hills. Roman soldiers were known to put mugwort in their sandals to keep their feet from getting tired. <laughs> okay. But you know, if you can put it on something that's sore, like a, a bird. And that, that's probably exactly what they were doing, because if you think Roman soldiers, they're probably out for long, long periods at a time. And if it's good for pain relief that you can rub on muscles, that makes sense. Yeah, it does for your feet because they walked in those little like thin sandals. So yeah. Oh, this is interesting too. Native Americans equate mugwort with witchcraft, which is, I mean, commonly mugwort when you hear mugwort, it's like the witch herb, you know? Yeah. Um, they believe that rubbing the leaves on the body are said to keep ghosts away and a necklace of mugwort leaves is said to help protect against dreaming about the dead. Wow. Okay. I know. 
It has been believed that John the Baptist wore a girdle of mugwort in the wilderness for protection. Other magical attributes include protection for road-weary travelers and general protection against the evils of the spirit realms. And many have reported that if mugwort is used as a tea before bed or even just sprinkled around your pillow, a person may have lucid dreams that night. If it is um, good for pain and some of that, it probably does induce a little psychosis. So if it's relaxing you, like anything that relaxes you allows you to dream sometimes more than you normally would. And if you remember from our previous show way back when we went to Casadega and we had, or when we did our shopping, we had our third IT, Mugwort was one of those. Um, You're right, along with the the blue lotus. Blue blue lotus flower, yep. And there was like calendula and all sorts of stuff. So, so yeah, so it's good for, you know, it's technically a mild hallucinogen, but not so... It's not like shrooms, people. It's like yeah. you're not going to. It's probably more of a relaxant. You know? Yeah. And that's like why it's good. Or something just to. Exactly. You know. And that's why it's good for insomnia and dreaming and sleeping and headaches. So, I mean, it makes it makes sense. It does. I just never knew that much. Uh, mugwort, back in the day, um, a lot of people smoked mugwort and they did it in a bong. Oh. Yes. Uh, I, I have never smoked. So for me, that that's beyond my realm of expertise or experience. But I do remember back in the day that mugwort was a big thing, um, back in the sixties and seventies and you bombed it. Interesting. Well, and it's interesting because I don't think I ever brought up even in our April series with the cannabis, it's not uncommon to put different herbs with your cannabis and smoke it. It's especially like people will do lavender. Um, there was even, it's even a thing, believe it or not, to roll your joint in rose petals and smoke it. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. And there you go for cannabis magic. If you're doing something for love or, you know, roses, that type of thing. That's, yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, I didn't realize that, but you know, that would make sense too with the mugwort and the cannabis together. Yeah. And lavender, there's all sorts of... Right. So, I mean, it's not going to give you a buzz. It's going to make you feel probably like after a glass of wine. Yeah, just mellow. Yeah. A little mellow. Um, But yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you hear a lot about mugwort and if you ever watch... The silly shows, you know, it's Eye of Newt, Toe of Frog. Mm-hmm. And they always throw mugwort in there. Yeah. I mean, and if you look, it, mugwort is also considered like the witch's herb. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's commonly in the witch's cabinet, you know, so. Well, it's in mine and I use it. I use it magically. Yeah, uh, I do too. I have the fresh to obviously try the tea. Um mm-hmm. Maybe with a lot of honey. I'm sorry. It, it is a it little is a, earthy. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Yeah, I'm not an earthy kind of girl. So it's like... Um, like, yeah. drop that honey in there. Yeah, drop the honey. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure if you mix it with a lot of other things, it's going to taste, you know, just oh, yeah. nice. But that's interesting because um, mugwort, 
um, being of the Wart family, um, it's in also with the Wormwood. And that's oh. absinthe. Yes. Little green fairies. Um, now that I do drink. <laughs> the absinthe <laughs> yeah. I can handle. I'm not so sure that this TV. Absinthe you can handle. Mugwort, that's too much. That's too much. Yeah, I know. People are sitting there going, oh my God. But no, oh, that. I love it. It's a, along the same lines. It's a mild, you know, and it's mild. People don't understand. Like they think. It is. Just like um, with cannabis, you immediately go to the stoner brain. Mm -hmm. um, but you can take it and function all day long. Nobody knows you're taking it. It's like any kind of drug. You can overdo or do it right. And I see all sorts of walks of life that come in the dispensaries. People, doctors coming in scrubs, lawyers. I yep. mean, the whole but thing. It's all in how you do it and the way you do it. So, you know, you hear a lot of this. When we say some of the drugs are mildly psych, you know, psychotic yeah. type things it's it's that it's very mild you have to remember our medications came from herbs yes so, exactly. you know so once we get back to that you know it it gives you a lot more what we've done is in medicine is we've taken the good part out of it so they would take the mugwort and suck everything out of it that we could use but sometimes you need the whole herb yeah. or the whole plant to make it work the way it's supposed to and I thought, I think we've also talked about in past shows how you may be able to use one part of the plant, but not another. Like you, you can use the roots of the plant, but the leaves and the flowers are put, you know, so always, always, always do your research. Um, yes. But it's a lot of it too. I mean, with a lot of the stuff, um, if you use the whole plant instead of a great um, thing is pomegranate. Everybody is now... Um, on that antioxidant thing. So they say, oh, we're taking all the great benefits out of the pomegranate and you're getting just what you need. But if you eat the fruit, you actually get more nutrients and right. stuff that works together with that one specific thing that's an antioxidant. So exactly. A lot of times people will, you know, try and take the shortcut and, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. always work. Sometimes you're better off just eating the whole thing. Exactly, exactly. So tonight we are talking about tarot and oracle. Tarot, tarot, however you want to say it. However you want to say it. I grew up saying tarot. See, and I've always said tarot, but every time I say that, I get corrected. So I'm going to try tarot. <laughs> no, you're tarot, I'm tarot. You're At least I'm not tarot. saying tarot, okay? Tarot, Give me some yeah. credit. <laughs> or tarot, if you want to. If you want to read it, how it's how it looks. Yeah. So, a lot of people don't realize, but tarot started in the 13th and 14th century, yeah. and it started. It was never ever used as divination. It was always used for playing cards, and actually, they were originally playing cards, like you would see your right. bicycle cards, well, right? Uh, your poker cards, right? like your poker cards and they were um it can be so artists in europe created the first playing cards which were used for games and featured four different suits these suits were similar to what we use today in tarot not bicycle um staves or wands discs or coins cups and swords which if you know we have the wands the cups the swords the pentacles um, but again, it depends on your deck too, because there's 
not all decks have those suits. So it, because there's like a million thousand decks now. Um, after a decade or two of using these in the mid 1400s, Italian artists began painting additional cards heavily illustrated to add into the existing suits. These trump or triumph cards were often painted for wealthy families. Members of the nobility would commission artists to create for them their own set of cards, featuring family members and friends as the triumph cards. A number of sets, some of which still exist today, were created for the Visconti family of Milan, which counted several dukes and barons among its numbers. And in both France and Italy, the original purpose of tarot was as a parlor game, as we said, not a div divinatory tool. It appears that divination with playing cards started to become popular in the late 16th and early 17th century. Although at that time, it was far more simple than how we use it today. Because again, not as many illustrations, not as much symbolism, things like that. But by the 18th century, people were beginning to assign specific meanings to each card and even offer suggestions as to how they could be laid out for divinatory purposes. And that's how we commonly use it today, of course. Now, for a long time, they were illegal. Oh, really? See, I did not know that. Well, I mean, it makes sense with the whole probably witchcraft thing. Divination or... thing. If you read yeah. the Bible, it says no divination. So although it was a parlor game, it was actual divination going on. And what would happen, you would, somebody would have a playing deck. Well, playing decks were very popular, 52 cards, you know, the four. Right. Um, and people would have them while your reader carried the other part. They carried the major arcana. So you had the minor arcana and the major. The major is what, and that was the person they would look for. Ah, so she would bring, and it was usually a woman. She would bring that, put them together. You do divination. Interesting. But if they get caught with just the playing cards, everybody had playing cards. It wasn't a big deal. It was she who carried the major arcana. So you, you learn to carry it, hide it, bring it out and do yeah. your readings and put it back in because it's very much against the church teachings. Well, that. that's interesting. So leading into that, in 1781, a French Freemason and former Protestant minister named Antoine Court de Gebelin published a complex analysis of the tarot in which he revealed that the symbolism in the tarot was in fact derived from the esoteric secrets of Egyptian priests. I thought that was oh, interesting. I wonder how he got that information. I'm getting there. So de Gebelin went on to explain that the ancient occult knowledge had been carried to Rome and revealed to the Catholic Church and the popes, who desperately wanted to keep this arcane knowledge secret. So basically what you just said. <laughs> yeah, leave it to Rome. In his essay, the chapter on tarot meanings explains the detailed symbolism of tarot artwork and connects it to the legends of Isis Osiris, and other Egyptian gods. The biggest problem with his work is that there was really no historical evidence to support it. However, that did not stop wealthy Europeans from jumping into the esoteric knowledge bandwagon, and by the early 19th century, playing card decks like the Marcel Tarot 
were being produced with artwork specifically based on de Gebelin's analysis. And then in 1791, Jean-Baptiste Elietti, a French occultist, released the first tarot deck designed specifically for divinatory purposes. 1791. Wow. Yeah. Rather than a parlor or game or entertainment. A few years earlier, he had responded to de Gebelin's work with a treatise of his own, a book explaining how one could use the tarot for divination. As occult interest in the tarot expanded, it became more associated with the Kabbalah and the secrets of hermetic mysticism. By the end of the Victorian era, occultism and spiritualism had become popular pastimes for bored upper-class families. It was not uncommon to attend a house party and find a seance taking place or someone reading palms or tea leaves in the corner, which... I think we more commonly, a lot of us know about the spiritualist era, you know, with spiritualism and the whole seance. Everybody had a seance, the, like, that was the thing to do. That was the thing to do. And yes. that's where they found a lot of the, um, it's interesting when they go back and they look at the old pictures yeah. and things, you can see strings attached to things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how there was how you would see like the table shaking and there's like some something underneath the table or something. But they actually got very inventive. They um, women, especially since they had the big bustle dresses, could hide all sorts of stuff under their dresses and pull it out under, you know, the table and have it come up kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it, it got a little wild at the time. But Tarot reading has been around forever. It has. And the most popular deck that a lot of us use is the Rider Waite deck. British occultist Arthur Waite was a member of the Order of the Golden Dawn and apparently a longtime nemesis of Aleister Crowley, who was also involved in the group and its various offshoots. Waite got together with artist Pamela Coleman Smith, also a Golden Dawn member, and created the Rider Waite Tarot Deck, which was first published in 1909. At Waite's suggestion, Smith used the Sola Busca artwork for inspiration, and there are many similarities in the symbolism between Sola Busca and Smith's final result. Smith, Smith was the first artist to use characters as representative images in the lower cards, or minor arcana, Instead of showing merely a cluster of cups, coins, wands, or swords, Smith incorporated human figures into the artwork, and the result is the iconic deck that every reader knows today. The imagery is heavy on Kabbalistic symbolism, and because of this, is typically used as the default deck in nearly all instructional books on tarot. Which is true. If you're looking, if you're starting tarot or you're wanting to learn about tarot or you're taking classes almost always 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 it's going to the lessons are going to be based on the rider weight deck and i am so guilty of that because this is actually my rider weight teaching deck that i use when i teach and i use rider weight because it is so known and once you learn this you can go anywhere anywhere this is where you cut your teeth yep that's what I And um, it's interesting because if you get a group of witches together, now not all witches read tarot. Let me 
preface it with that. Right. No. There are a lot who do not. But um, those that do, if you get a group of us together, the first thing we do is whip out our cards. Oh, then yeah. after we ooh and ah over everybody's card because everybody's got a different deck of cards. You're like, oh, wow, look, you know. Then it, it gets down to the business. And a lot of times your default deck is your rider weight deck. And also it can get a little tricky um, when you purchase the rider weight because there are different versions of it now. Yeah, there's yeah. the there's the radiant rider weight. Is that what you have? Because your pictures look a little brighter than mine. I have the original. Yeah, see, okay, keep that up. This is mine. Yeah. See the, see the difference. So yeah. same card, same images, but hers is much brighter. Uh, so my I, deck is very very bright. All of my colors are are popped. Yeah, and see, mine are very older, vintagey looking. Because I have, they have the universal Rider weight, they have the Radiant, which are the brighter colors, and they have the original, which is what I have. I think even the back of your deck might look different. Um, yeah, see, that's the back of mine. So there, but it's still the same symbolism. It's still, and it's a really good, like you said, good, good, good one to cut your teeth on because it's really important to understand the basics, but by no means do you have to go by the book in a reading? And I, because that's not what it is. It's intuition. It's your energy, but it's good to know the basics. Um, and you know, I, when I do readings for people, I read with this deck, I have a million decks and there might be a, one or two more that I'll read with, but this is like the main one. I have a very old deck that I read with that's out of, actually out of print um my cards are terrible they're all beat up they're so sad looking that's cool though that's awesome though but that is an old you were loved they are this is my nobody is allowed to touch deck uh-huh um, this is what these are for serious yeah when i have to do a serious reading um the deck is very different <laughs> but it is, it's not in print anymore. I wish it was, but this is a really old deck. It was a great deck um, after, you know, you learn, once you learn the rider weight from there, it's you get the best. Right. Yeah, because there are like, oh my goodness. I won't even begin to mention how many decks there are out there. Whatever I'm you know, know again. It in, I'm trying to read the date. 1986 is when I got these. Oh, cool. So whatever you're into, fairies, angels, anything deck out there. There's an all cat deck. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I was going to say that because I, a friend of mine, I that was a gift for her. Well, and even, even like, okay, here's an example. And this is one of my favorite decks. The Everyday Witch Tarot. See, I did it, Tarot, whatever. I'm going to say it how I say, say it. it Tarot. Um, this has the same suit. So we talked about how some of them will have different suits. This has the same suit, but very different imagery. So this is, for example, the Eight of Pentacles. Oh, and I the deck, it. this deck, every, the Six of Wands, every one is a witch, is in a witch hat. And everyone has a kitty cat in it. But I just love this. And 
the illustrations and then the back of the deck. I like the. Now, I have a witch's deck also. This is the back of my deck. I think I have that as well. Which you is probably wisdom. have this because it's a witch's deck. Um, great imagery. Again, um, when you're reading, you're reading the, the person, but right. you're also reading the cards because the cards, the symbolism is there for a reason. Yes. Um, once you get your basic down, you know, with your good old Rider weight deck, then you move on to all of these awesome dragon decks. This, I mean, there's, I can't even begin have, to tell you how many decks. I have one are. of those around here somewhere too. This <laughs> is dragon awesome. deck. I don't know where I put it. I had it out. Oh, this is my, um, well, I'll talk about it because it's an Oracle deck. When we get to Oracle, I'll switch over. Right. But um, there's a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, and then there's fun decks that I would never use in a reading. But they're just fun. I mean, unless we're doing something fun, not like a serious reading. If we're just like a bunch of friends, like shooting the breeze. But this is the Halloween tarot. Ooh. And that's what the back looks like. Interesting. But then the, they're like cutesy kind of cards. Um, like the six of bats. Okay, well, bats is not a suit. So there's the example of, you know, they have bats, they have pumpkins, which would be your, your pentacles. Um, they have ghosts. See, and I don't, I haven't read oh, with this one very much. So I don't know what the different suits are necessarily. Ghosts would probably be wands. And then they have ghosts, ghosts imps is the other one so yeah but i mean there's so many like you said there's so many so many decks and i am not ashamed to admit i judge a deck by its cover because like you just mentioned yes it's for the person but i have to be able to read them even though it's intuition i have to be able the way that i personally read is the I go very deep into the symbolism and the imagery that I see and what my intuition is picking up on. And the thing about learning, in my opinion, it's great to know the basics. But for example, I had a reading one time and the three of swords, if you look at the traditional three of swords, it's a lot. Traditionally, if you look at it in the book, it's, you know, sorrow, depression, like backstabbing. It's so depressing looking. But in the reading, that's not what I was getting at all. I was getting, I was getting like three siblings, like, and I'm, I'm not going to go into too much specific, but, and it was because her and her siblings at the time were having, you know, a falling out or whatever. And I just met the person I had, you know, no idea, but it's just things like that. It doesn't necessarily always come through with what textbook might say. And that's okay because... That's how you're supposed to read is just with your intuition. And that's true with um, any divination. Once you are yeah. confident in what you're doing, you get your first couple scores and they, they look really good. Then you move on. There right. are so many tarots. This is the, the world spirit tarot. Oh, and the back of the card is a 
Oh, I like that. So I have quite a collection. Um, it's over the years you start collecting them, which is mm -hmm. really addictive. Um, yeah. Then we have our own deck, which is the Corellian deck. Yes, um, Tarot of Hecate, Lord Don's deck. And that's the back, if anybody wants to see it. Now, these have extra suits in them. This is a 100-card deck. Um, and Not the traditional 78. Nope. And you can see that the artistry on them is, whoops, that was a blank one. The artistry on them is awesome. Yes. I love that deck. Um, learning to read with this deck, like any new deck, you have to get it and it, there's a break-in period. And that's right. when you're doing your readings and you're seeing if it's coming, if you're reading the card co correctly. Because right. you're reading the symbolism and all that. And then it's like, wait a minute, I don't understand that symbol or I don't understand what the card's trying to tell me. With a new right. deck, you're going to get that. So don't let that stop you in any way you just gotta yeah. work with them exactly um, everybody has their favorites and everybody has a deck that they work with like i said that one deck that it's an older deck if i'm doing some serious reading that's the deck i go to if there's an issue and i i, I really like my daughter called me the other day well she texts me she says can you do a quick read for me so i automatically go for that deck because that's yeah. tried and true and do it that gave her a quick reading you know take I do what I do with her is I do the layout, then I flip all the cards over and take a picture and send it to her because she reads better than I do. So, oh, <laughs> green, but it's it's good to get another person's opinion when you're, it is. you know, because when you read for yourself, a lot of times you will read the symbolism the way you want to read the symbolism yes. for you, you know, and, right. and you tend to do that without realizing it. So it's really good um, to catch yourself when you do that, and it's. You get with somebody, my daughter reads for me, I read for her. So, you know, we'll pick up the phones and, you know, give me a quick reading. When she yeah. gets the chance, she lays them out and sends me the picture. So, you know, the lays, so you know what, and you're like, oh, exactly. that's what I got too. Um, and this is another, this is a deck that I am really, really fond of. It, I don't even remember how I came across it, honestly, but it's called the Light Seers Tarot. And it, um, that's what it looks like. Ooh. And the, uh, the images are just so pretty. Like the death card is also a rebirth card. Oh, that is really nice. It's really that card scares everybody to death. It, it does. It does. Um, but this, the illustrations in this is just gorgeous. I mean, the Knight of, um, and they're more modern looking, but I really like, like the Queen of Cups, um, you know, it, it's yeah, just yeah. really pretty. Um, and I like, it's very diverse. It's, I mean, it's just, and then the High Priestess is, you know, and you can't really see it, but on her eyelids, you can see light colored open eyes. Oh, and so although you know, her eyes are closed, she can still see the that Empress. Card. That is a nice card. I mean, it's a gorgeous deck. So, I mean, there's so much. There's like Alice in Wonderland decks, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, and whatever is you know relatable to you, 
And then the two of swords, which is traditionally, you know, two swords pointing opposite directions with the blindfold. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's so pretty. Um, but yeah, and my newest one that actually Reverend Corey recommended, and I just got this like last week, it is the Revelations Tarot. And I haven't even really opened it. Um, I sifted through it, but this is something I had never seen before in a, in a deck. And it's something we can talk about since we're talking about tarot. Do you read reverse? Like if a card come, I do not either. Now that's only because that's how I was taught initially. But again, I don't really go off of, I took a few classes and basically my, my background with it is I took a few classes at a local metaphysical shop. I was only with one other person, which was Miranda. <laughs> so we learned off of each other. Um, and it's the reason why I keep doing it is because reading after reading, I won't know people. And they're like, I keep getting feedback. It's spot on. Oh my gosh. How did you know that? Or a lot of time mediumship will come into play and I'll start picking up on energies and family members and things like that. But this deck might change my mind because unlike original, unlike original, uh, deck where it's the same image just upside down and you're trying to interpret it. So for example, if you drew, you know, the nine of swords, which would look like this, right. But then if in the reading, if it comes up like this, it's, it's typically the opposite meaning of whatever the right side up is. Well, this deck is called the revelations tarot. Again, this one has different images. It's a completely different image when you flip it upside down. Oh, so the, let me see a good example. So like the magician, right? If you have it upright and you might not be able to tell, but if you have it upright, you can see the facial expression is one way. Yeah. And then if you turn it upside down, it's another person. Oh yeah. It's completely different. It's completely different. So it's almost like you're reading a card right side up, but you're reading it based on the imagery and the symbolism of the reverse aspect. I had never seen anything like this. Like, okay, the death card. So it's like Shiva, right? But then if it's reverse, it's an infant in the womb, a fetus in the womb. You know, so I just thought, I was like, I've got That's to That's a great this. way for the death card to be. Yes. That's and that's, yeah, and that's what a lot of people, like you said, they're so scared. But the death card actually generally, and again, it depends, but generally it just means rebirth, new beginnings. Something it's then. The dying starting. of something. Right. The dying of something old, you know, you know it's not literal. Dies and it's starting over again, you know, kind of. You leave right. one job to go to the next job. You're ending that job. You're beginning another job. So it, exactly. it is. And some people are so um, in tune with all the old, you know, straightforward stuff that, you know, oh, death card means I'm going to die, you know, and all this. Yeah. It's not meant to be taken literal. Like a lot of things yeah. are not meant to be. 
Well, I had one. This is an interesting deck. It's not, it's a tarot deck, but it is a Celtic and it's Celtic messages. And the cards are round. Ooh, and wow. you read the images that they have. Now, the back of the card is beautiful. It's all Celtic. Oh, I love that. From the Book of Kells. But um, it's like the crow. And you look up the crow and it tells you. And they have a couple of lays in it so that you can learn how to do it. That's another great thing. When you get a deck, I see so many people buy a deck without a book. Now, let me preface that. You may know the cards, but to get the book with the deck gives you an insight into the artist and yes. the artistry and some of the symbolism you might not catch if you don't have the book that goes with it. I um, totally agree with that. Absolutely. The, the books give you a little insight into the card and they let you see what the artist many times, what, what was the artist thinking when they drew this? Or the author. There's a lot of decks where there would be someone that does the, the makeup of the cards, the ideas, the messages, this, but they have, you know, the commission an artist to do it for them. Right. Um, it's wider weight. Um, exactly. Commission Pamela to do them. Right. Now, I always like it's a set and there's a reason for that, you know, yes. and it does give you a little bit more insight. Now, especially if you buy a deck like this one, this is completely different than anything you've read. You're going to need the book. But right. even if you have a normal deck, and I'm going to say normal because there are no normal decks. I got a million of them sitting here. Sit um, like this one. Uh, the symbolism on judgment is a little different. Yeah. Than what we're used to. So when you read that, you're going to want to go into the book and look at judgment and see what the artist is saying and see what made them paint that or draw that in that way. And what that does is that just gives you a little bit more um, background. So right. that when you do look at it, you do see, because sometimes some of the cards, like some of these are very, very ornate. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at all the symbolism. Like you're going to well, be able plus, to read that in 30 seconds. Plus you have like a lot of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I love stuff like that. That's jam-packed. Because I will, yeah, I will like. I'm very attention to detail. So when I'm reading like any little thing, it like, it but also one thing that you might be missing out on. So like, for example, I just showed the light seers deck, right? With the beautiful, but it's not common images, still the same suits, but it's very different than what the writer weight looks like. So this book comes in handy. And if you do read in reverse, what's really neat about this is it says light seer which means right side up. And then if it's reverse, it says shadow seer. So it will, it will give you a little blip about what it means for each one, but then it goes into bigger detail and expounds on. Um, and then also like this one has little affirmations, like for the 10 of wands, it says, I release my burdens into the ethers, knowing that the universe will help me to tend to the essentials. So, I mean, just little neat things. And then there's like a cute little yeah. message inside the box. They'll put little messages in it. Like some of the imagery. A luminous woman floats above a mountain lake. She pours an endless stream of water from two ornate vessels onto the rocks and water below. A bird swoops through the air around her as dazzling stars light up the sky. That gives uh. you a whole set. That was for the star. Then it yeah. tells you what it means. So 
you get a lot of information out of especially a new deck so i i caution all my students if you're going to get a deck um we used to go on field trips to the local metaphysical store in baltimore Mm -hmm. and i made them touch every deck that was on display and then we walked through the rest of the store then we come back and touch again then we walk through the store again then when we come back whatever deck they pick up you've seen them all and you've touched them all twice Whatever deck you pick up at that point is yours. Yeah. It's already called to you. That's the third time. Mm-hmm. So, and then I always push to make sure that they got the book because yeah. the book just gives you a lot of background information and it allows you to expand on what you see. So well, and like, and like we said, the hist- so the history of tarot is not necessary to begin readings you don't have to know all the history of tarot to to you know just like what we went over a lot of that i had no idea i've been reading for eight years um almost nine geez but it's helpful to know the history and the myths surrounding but it's not needed at some point yes it might be good for you just like with anything it's good to know the background the history it gives you it it will help you tap more into into what's going on especially if you go back and you look up a little bit about the artist or the person who designed the cards and then the person who wrote the books when you start looking at that then you start gathering a lot more information about it so it does give you that background exactly and there's different there's different things you can do um different spreads like uh, the most common spread is the celtic cross um then you have like you can do past present future you'll see a lot now pinterest is amazing for spreads like off the wall crazy spreads i mean they have full moon spreads they have new moon spreads they have like ancestral spreads they have you know what the hell am i doing spreads i oh, mean i got a whiskey tango foxtrot spread yes yes yeah. i mean there's so many things you can do even like yes no a lot of people will pull a card of the day um, you know, to start their morning off, see how their day is going. You can pull a card for the month. A lot of people around the beginning of the year or Samhain, which is, which is New Year, will pull a card for the year. Or they even have a spread that has 12 cards and, you know, it'll be the year ahead and it'll be a card for each month upcoming. There's all sorts of different things, all sorts of different things. There and are can, a million spreads. Yes, a million. Yes. And I really encourage everybody to play with them. There are some easy ones. There are some that will blow your mind. I've yeah. been reading for about over 40 years. We're going to say. So, uh, yeah, There's nothing wrong with wisdom. You're the crone, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I still teach it the way I was taught. I was taught very young how to read. Um, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, the problem is buying the decks is addictive because it's like almost having to have a third job so that you can afford your decks. Now that's an interesting point I wanted to bring up tonight. So hot topic debate around tarot. Do you have to be gifted a deck in order to use it? I have that never a- been gifted a deck. I have purchased all of my decks. I am not on that train. So I have bought most of my decks 
Some of them have been gifts, usually from Miranda. I love you, Miranda, um, because she works at a metaphysical store. So, you know, it's an easy birthday present, Yule present. Um, and she knows I like collecting and she knows my style. But you do not. And again, it's each one's preference. If people think that it has to be gifted to you, I'm not saying you're wrong. But my opinion, Pam's opinion, it does not have to be gifted to you. It a debt does. has to speak to me. That's why I take my students to the store to let them find their deck. It That's how I am. Appeal to you. Um, even my granddaughters, when I started teaching them, um, their birthday present was to go to the metaphysical store to get their first deck of cards. Mm -hmm. And I, it was the same process. Touch everything. Let's walk. Touch everything. Let's walk. Which one speaks to you? Yeah. And. Yeah. It works almost every time you will have that one that just you picked it up and put it back, picked it up, put it back and just just take it. It's meant and then once you have the deck, you can it's uh, you know, you can a lot of people put it under their pillow and like a little bag or a little, you know, and I get recommend bags. Yes. And get your energy on it. Yeah, I have a nice little bag. They have like a four pack on Amazon in these little oh. velvet different colored bags. And then if you're a seamstress like Angela or Pam, you could make your own bags. <laughs> I'm gonna learn. Yeah, see? Yeah. And then this is what I keep my wider rate uh, rider weight in is this little pretty little Well actually what I found was adorable are these little things. They have a zipper in the front and a zipper in yeah. the top. Your yeah. deck goes here, your book goes here. That's cool. Yeah, see I have this I have this one that I keep my right writer weight in and I have a clear quartz in there an amethyst in there and a feather and that's another thing you can put the, the crystals in there now this one came with its own which was really cool. oh that's cool that was my Celtic messages um, but while we're talking about the decks themselves keep them in a bag it does two things one it stops a lot of wear and tear on them because mm -hmm. if you just have them sitting around they tend to fall and you end up with a mess and yes. also, it's easier to transport. And if you do what I do, I've got a bunch of different bags. So each one's in a different bag. So I know which deck I'm grabbing. Yes. Um, like, I know that's my Rider Waite deck. That's right. You know what your decks are because you've already grabbed them. And some of them, like my Everyday Witch Trow, came in a tin. tin. I, I love the tins. Yes. Really it really Especially does. when, because it doesn't give much room for them to fall and, sh you know, in the bag. But the bags are, are good, especially because the bags, a lot of the bags, though, have drawstrings. So yes. you can get tight and it doesn't, you know, they're not getting bent up or everything, you know, anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention some, I wanted us to bring up some of those myths and sort of controversial things because so many people think that you have to be gifted decks so I've many never people. been gifted a deck believe it or not all of my decks i've purchased myself if it doesn't speak to me i mean i love them yeah um, but it has to jump out and say hey this is what i am right now, exactly. you'd never heard of the one lay that i did this is a lay from the 1950s yes it's a fun leg. I'm going to take you Pull out your Wheel of Fortune and you set it down. You have the person shuffle, draw out seven cards. 
and I'm just pulling them off the top, but you know, you'd, you'd lay them out, you do the pick, you put the Wheel of Fortune in there. Now, normally I have my, I have claws that I use. Uh, yeah. It says yes, no, sooner, later. And you shuffle and you put two, 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 two. So if I did yes, no, sooner, later, and you look at your cards. Okay, this was yes. Got to look for the Wheel of Fortune. This was oh, no. Okay, mm -hmm. it was on no. This is the card that explains the no. To your and class. what is that? The Three of Swords? This is the Four of Swords. Sorry, I had my Sorry. finger right over it. Oh, it's okay. Ah, so see, that is no. That is and this cool. is why. I've never. No. I've never heard, I've never heard it done that way. A lot of people will do the, you know, they'll do the shuffle and then they'll do just the top yes or no, you know, or right. they'll lay it face down and, you know. Well, um, gives you a little bit more time to play with the cards and a little bit more thought because that's what we're reading is your energy. And, and some people also for yes, no cards, if it's upright, it's yes. If it's reverse, it's no. So there's a lot of fun things I recommend. And if you're going to do it, even for professional, I, I read professionally, I get paid. Um, I have a, a layout. Okay. And I have a notebook that has so many different, you know, your normal four, three Celtic cross, whatever. I have about 10 of them in there. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually laid out with the cards. I do too. I have a big old binder. <laughs> you open it up, you pull out the lay, you close it, and then you write down the cards. Mm -hmm. On the bottom, it has, I wrote, now I designed these and they have the, the layers where you can write what the card means and you can give that to that person. The reason I like to do that is, I don't know about you guys, but uh, two minutes after somebody's read my cards, I can't remember what they told me. Nope. It's yep. like, there it goes. So, yep. This is a, a good way, one, if you're learning to read, because it's going to help you walk through your spreads. Yes. Because you'll read each card and you write the, the card and then you can go to your book, look it up. You know, you write down what you think it is. Go to your book, look it up and see how close you are. And it's also Absolutely. great if I, when I read professionally, nobody leaves any of my readings without that paper. Right. Now, if I have... I used to have clients that would come all the time. So I would make copies of it, you know, the good old printer here and you put a copy in their folder. So when they come back, I pull their folder like a doctor. I pull your folder and you open your folder up. Okay. Last time you were here, here's what the reading was. What are we going to do this time? Yeah. And it really one, it impresses the heck out of your clients because they're like, wow, she keeps a folder and everything, you know, especially now if you do it as a one shot wonder, you don't worry about it. But if you have, you're building your clientele, you know, you're building your people that come up, um, you have their folder and you can read, you know, cause sometimes it'll, they'll want a yes or no, or sometimes they want an in-depth reading. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they just want a quick 10 minute reading. And mm -hmm. if they have that, they can look at it and, refresh because they will write on it their question when they take it out of away from me because i don't want to know which you know you shuffle the cards i don't want to know nothing you just sit there the other thing i caution all my new readers with and this is something that you almost can't help i was taught to read with my back 
to the person I'm reading. So I didn't read the person. Mm. I read the card. Yeah. Because I can't see him. I've I've noticed that when I read, I, I definitely don't have my back turned because I've never heard of that. But I have, um, I, I notice when I'm doing a reading, I almost never look at them. I right. almost never make eye contact with them because I'm just so super focused, lasered in on the, on, and, you know, looking at everything and yeah. So that makes sense. There, there was a large population of readers in Baltimore at one time, and they were not reading the cards. They were, they would say the card, oh, the Wheel of Fortune, and watch you to see your reaction. Yeah, and see if you're like, mm, I don't know. Then they'll like change their story. Yes. Yeah. Well, it would be, it might be. Um, you do have to be careful about that. If you're going yeah. to people that do readings, you know, the, the well, person with the neon psychic sign in the window. Yeah. You know, $5 readings. Yes. Right. I only right. caution that because a lot of new readers are so excited about reading and we know that and yes. you look to see confirmation from the person. That's what you're looking for as a new reader, right. as an experienced reader. I really don't care. Yeah, no. You've given me your energy on my cards. Yep. And you brought up a really good point. When clients tell you, nope, that doesn't make sense. I don't know what you're talking about. I had someone who was very adamant about, nope, she had like, she, she had gone through a bad divorce and written off men. And I saw her meet, I saw a meeting and it was an acquaintance and I'm like, there's something. And again, it's not me. And even if it doesn't make sense to them right now, it will at some point, unless now keep in mind, we all have free will. Things can change. The universe can, you know, so there is a caveat to that. Don't go to a tarot reader, like a therapist, because that's when it's drawing the line. You know, some people depend on those readings to live their life. That. Yeah. To yeah. function. That's, that's, yes, that's not good. good. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to touch on that because there's so many different things and everyone has different ways of doing it and they're not wrong necessarily, but definitely do your research before you have a reading, you know, ask people their credentials and things like that. The main thing is, if someone is reading your cards, oh my goodness, this is my old, this is, you probably can't see, oh, it's, it's that old. It actually, you can almost <laughs> see, it, it's the oh. cross. See, at first I thought it was just a plain black. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Celtic cross. That's cool. Yeah, and oh. that's one of the most common, and you can even go on, um, Amazon, they have like a little poster that has a little card layout and you can just pop the cards on there. I mean, there's so many tools out there if you want to start getting into this. There's when, so many books. Right past the data, um, I bought a couple of what they call the cheat sheets. They're laminated and you can flip them and it's got them all on there. Um, they're over on my shelf. But I, I do caution a lot of readers about there are, of course, those out there that are preying on you. Um, yes, unfortunately, find out who your readers are, ask them, 
ask around. People who frequent readings can tell you who can read and who can't. It's very clear. I got one too. Yeah, <laughs> we had too much fun at Casadega. Celtic Cross. There you go. And it, yeah. On the back of that, did it have what the cards are? Does it give you a cheat sheet? Yep. There you go. If and you're learning, there is nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. It, it and is the basic. Yeah, it does. And it will tell you, you know, then there's also a little bonus spread, the Astro Wheel spread. There you go. And I'm it even tells you. you like home base, personal creativity, like sports, past life. I mean, it. there's a seven card spread. I didn't even realize they have a couple spreads on here. A seven card spread down here. And then down here is the elemental cross. Um, but, and it gives you like, okay, so it doesn't just say like for, for number eight, your environment. Okay, but it doesn't just stop at that. It gives you a little blurb. Your home, your surroundings, family, loves, friends, work. That which is outside of yourself, how others perceive you. So it gives you like a little bit more to go on so that when you get your card, it's easier for you to read because you're like, okay, well, this is supposed to represent my, you know, how others perceive me. Right. Know? So that will help you learn too. Um, and even this. Cards one and two, which is in the middle. And for the Celtic cross, you lay one card this way and another card across. And it says cards one and two give the essence of the whole reading. What your inner self wants to know, the reading's theme. And then basically the others are adding on to that. But these are great. And I even got a little, there's another little one that I got that has the little of the cards that's the one i picked up that one too we spent this one has the actual images and going back to rider weight being the one to learn from all of these little images are rider weight images <laughs> <laughs> and that's really great because that those little things like that like those cards the sheets we got were not that expensive oh they're, they're i were, so i forgot to take my they're 7.99 7.99 i was going to say they were under ten dollars um, and this one we're saving for next week. Oh, that's the runes. Yes. Yes. There were a lot of forms of divination. Um, tarot is probably the most popular. Now you're going to hear everybody pronounce it differently. Is there a correct way? Probably. But what's the difference between tomato and tomato? <laughs> Nothing. There isn't. Um, so Another set of cards, which are really interesting, and I don't know that much about these, so I'm going to give you a heads up. Um, in Baltimore, there were three of us elders who so would get together every month, and we would do a teaching. And it was, you know, we would meet before that, go over stuff, what we were going to teach for the next couple months, and then we would do it. Um, and Isis from Baltimore, and that's all I'm going to give, actually brought... These are Leonard Man, and I'm going to spell it because I'm probably saying it wrong. It's L-E-N-O-R-M-A-N-D. It's 36 cards. They're very different. These are more of an oracle card. These have been around as long as playing cards. Um, the oracle cards, oracle cards are a little bit different than tarot cards, okay? So, but these are very old. These are from France. Um, 
This is divination is very similar to tarot in, in the history and the purpose. Um, it's about a 200 year old system. This one is, and it's 36 cards. And I'm going to try like some of them are made like the playing card. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people started the divination, the fortune telling they did those type of cards. And there's still people that read like that. I never learned how to read on the bicycle cards using the plain decks. I know that's more of an old school thing. That I'm very old school. The only thing I use my bicycle cards for is poker and kicking my husband's ass in poker. There you go. That works. <laughs> that's the only thing. These were developed in the late 18th century. Um, they're a little bit different because they're an Oracle card. And the difference between, and, and this you're going to hear, and I know we're going to get calls on this one. There is a difference between Oracle cards and tarot cards. The difference is how you perceive the cards. Because I hear all the time, oh, that's an Oracle card. You can't read from that. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to be the one that tells you there is a difference. Okay. They're not the same. There's a reason for that. A, an Oracle card, and it can be done dif described differently, but in an Oracle card, um, they're structured independently and each follows its own set of rules. These are Oracle cards. These are not tarot cards. So one jumped out at you. I know. And it was, believe it or not, 32 with the hearts. I'm going to have mm -hmm. to look that one up and figure out what that one is. Uh, these cards, these, by the way, these are actually copywritten cards. So I purchased, you know, the deck. Um, Lady Isis brought them um, and we were playing with them that night and reading with them. I had never read this deck before, so it was very interesting for me. An oracle is, an oracle card kind of, um, Oracle cards are usually easier because there's not as many cards. Okay. That's one big difference. Mm -hmm. Your tarot deck has 78 cards, 52 in the minor arcana and the rest in the major. So you've got a hunk of cards. I have. Yeah. I have 36 cards. Yes. So and some of yeah, and I, in my opinion too, I think a big difference of how you can look at oracle cards and tarot is that a lot of times in the oracle cards, you'll have a basic theme or a message in that card. So with an oracle, there's not much interpreting involved. It's basically whatever you, whatever card you pull, yes, you read it and then you, it's basically like, what does the universe want me to know? What is, you know, or goddess or God, whatever spirit, whatever, whatever you use. Um, and then still they come with books. So read the books. <laughs> they help. This is an interesting deck. I absolutely love the artist. I knew the art. I know the artist and I know the person who did the messages. So they're Baltimore based. Sorry, guys. Um, this is from Nine Raven Studio. And Angela Raincatcher made these. That's the, she signed it for me. This is a chakra. So I'm just going to show you a couple, but you're going to see the difference. If you're going to read an Oracle card, this, 
is amazing. Uh, yes. Angela actually drew all of these. She has the huge paintings. She does big paintings. Mm -hmm. This is the this is the miniature of the painting. So this is your crown chakra. Everybody knows what color the crown chakra is. And you look at that. Um, let's see if I can find something. Ah, oh, I love the third eye because it, it's it's really intuitive. Ugh, I love that. So an oracle card is you look at it, you think about what it is you're wanting to talk to the card about. These are the backs of the cards. They're very bright. Um, and then you look at the card and see what it has for you. Uh, the third eye, this is an interesting card that she did um, because it has actually a woman's face here with eyes. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Uh, and of course she has a book and the book explains yes all right now the um messages um first of all it describes the card and where it's at the color the location where is your ancestral now when you do the chakras a lot of people do not do the ancestral part um right. and that is under your feet where your ancestors are usually in the ground Ugh, and uh, the affirmation has an affirmation. I am grounded in my body and supported by those who came before me. Ooh. Now, the person who did the writing in here is uh, Katrina Messenger. The, the book is absolutely amazing. I love this deck. Um, this I can't remember when she came out with it. I've had it for a couple years now. Um, but she did come out with it a while back. Um, she actually tells you how to use it in the back, how to use it. Mm -hmm. um, she gives you the card, the information, and also it's a really great deck. Any Oracle deck is great, but an Oracle is good for a one hit. One and done. That's Sometimes it. you can put a couple times, just like with Tarot, and that's another thing I wanted to say, The just because you're doing a spread you can always put cards on top of it. A lot of times I will do that in a reading. If something's not coming in quite clear or I want to expound or I want more information, I'll lay another card down and it always coincides. It always, There's always a theme that always winds up being in the spread and you're like, oh, and that's another thing you can talk to. Not only the symbolism in each individual card, but the main theme that shows up. Like if you have a ton of pentacles in your reading, uh, that usually means money. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you have a lot, you know, a lot of one suit is also going to mean something. A lot of one right. color. Anything that's heavy. Yes. Um, and I have, I have some, um, this is the native spirit oracle deck and um you know i'm big on my animal medicine and this is the same thing some of them are animal like eagle medicine but then they have things like the medicine woman or medicine man and the prayer feather um and i like this offerings with stonehenge and like nature spirit so you can see like this isn't even so much a message but you can go back to the book and see what it expounds on what it, i mean you can still you know what it looks like to you how it makes you feel but that book really helps now one of my 
favorite decks is actually a children's oracle deck that I have always, Haley has been reading it since she was little and Fiona reads it now. And it's the children's spirit animal cards. Oh, hi. Stephen, Stephen D. Farmer. And we will always pull these cards before school or when we start our day. And how I do it with the kids is I just spread them all out and let them shuffle it by mixing it around um, and then they'll, you know, and then we'll fan them out and they'll kind of put their hand over and whenever they feel that heat, that's the card they'll pick. But these ones are so awesome for, for anyone, but especially for young kids, but like the elephant, you can overcome any problem. So they're really uplifting, um, like the bear, stand up for yourself. You know, so they're appropriate or like the unicorn, use your imagination. So I just love these or the buffalo, be thankful for what you have. Um, Fox, do secret favors for others, you know, and the illustrations are so pretty. That would be an excellent deck to start a a child reading because it captures the imagination. It already says on the card what it is, so they don't have to again, go to a book or try to figure it out. Um, And as they they progress in reading, then especially for a younger child. Especially for young girls, you are beautiful just as you are, you know, or boys, of course, you know what I mean? I have girls, so I'm sorry. A lot of times I talk, I have girl brain, Um, three girls. But like, um, rabbit, ask for help. Like I remember one time that, and that's the cover of the box and also the back of the card. But I remember one time Haley was having trouble with a test and like in school and this card came up and I was like, you need to ask for help. You need to not be embarrassed and be afraid of getting made fun of, you know, ask your teacher for help. That's what they're there for. And that's exactly, and she didn't tell me that she was, you know, struck, but I mean, you know, coyote, learn from your mistakes. I mean, there's lots of nice little lessons in here for the kids, too. And that's um, a great way, too, to go over the symbolism and start reading with them. Yeah. And like turtle, take your time. Like, you know, and look how pretty. Ooh, it's the sea turtle, it's a terrapin. Yes. I went to University of Maryland. Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrapin. And even like the, and then this deck, the power animal oracle, and then it has the, has the book in there. Um, but even like this, this, now this has the little messages in here. So like eagle, trust in your higher self. And um, cards are great because that gives you a feeling of accomplishment when you read them. Because yes, you're getting the information, but you're also understanding you start to understand the symbolism, an eagle, what does that symbolize? Where does that go? As your children get older, they they can relate more to the symbolism, but the younger one, Fiona, probably just loves the little critters on it. Oh my gosh, she loves it. And Haley, Haley did too. And what I like about this one too, so it has not only the animal, but it also has like a keyword and then a message. So like for antelope, it's decisiveness and make a decision and take appropriate action. So again, with Oracle, you're usually asking one question or you can even keep it general. Like, what does the universe want me to know? What, what do I need? What does goddess need to, you know, smack me on the head? 
Right. Exactly. Basically. But that's the difference. Your tarot, it goes in depth. It, it gives you the chance to expand upon the questions you're asking or the problem that you may have because it goes a little bit deeper. Your oracle cards are that one flip. Yeah. And they're really good to focus on. Uh, if you notice, a lot of the oracle cards are great for imagery. You can focus on yes. what you see and see what's in the picture. Right. So it's, it's more about it's more about an image or a picture, and not as much about symbolism. Because in in tarot, you're not going to have words and messages. It's just imagery. It's just symbolism. It's you know reading. Right. But the picture. oracles, you ask that one. You got one thing on your mind today. Right or yeah. test or work mm -hmm. and it's a one-shot wonder is what I, I like to call them one-shot wonders because that's what they are it's a one card one really shot is. and you move on from there and back to your point like this is 44 cards in this oracle deck the kids one is perfect because it's 24 so it's not like overwhelming yeah and it's ages six and above I think I started reading these or I mean you could read them way earlier but you know, recommended. And they have Oracle decks for everyone, just like Tarot. Like one of my favorite decks, the Rebel deck. Oh, there this, you go. This has profanity and it's straight up in your face. There's no bones about it. It's like awesome. It'll tell you like to get the F off your ass and work out and get healthy or, you know, something. It's it's totally my, it was like made for me. I was like, yes. Cuss words and cutthroat in your face, tough love. That's there what I know. <laughs> but I want to encourage everybody, don't be afraid. You don't have to be a master. Um, no. On the Facebook has at least 50 or 60 tarot reading groups. Yes. Now, we're going to get real down and dirty. There are two associations that you can tarot read and test to to get approved. The American Tarot Association or mm -hmm. Tarasophily in Europe. You are tested. Once you are tested, and they they have teachers that actually come out and test you, um, you can be awarded a certificate for it. Um, yeah. I got America. I got uh, AMA American ATA actually American Tarot Association. I got mine and my Tarasophily. About 15 years ago, I finally decided to get my certifications. You can get them anywhere. There's, like I said, 50 or 60 Facebook groups just on tarot reading. You can yes. go as deep as you want to, or you can be a casual reader. Um, yes. I used to read for extra money that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it mm -hmm. for me, I could make a couple hundred bucks a week. Um, yeah, exactly. Not and so much anymore. No, yeah. Um, a little different. That's the other thing. I really want to caution you. If you're going to do this as a business, and I am all for pagan businesses, you will hear me say, do not read for free. Um, you will want to check the laws in your local counties and cities. Yes. Go to your state. Your state may not have a law against it, but as you go down to county to city, they can make stricter laws. Very true. Well, and I know for a fact, because I ran into a law issue in Maryland, which I did not know at the time. So 
I caution everybody, if you are going to read, like in the state of Florida, you have to have up it's for entertainment purposes only. Mm -hmm. basically. The state yeah. of Maryland, you do not. But you can't read in every county in the state of Maryland and get paid for it. Yeah, you definitely have to, like I said, with anything, like Pam and I always say, check, do your research, like the herbs that we talk about, research, research, research. Um, a good book to start on that for tarot is called The 78 Wisdoms of Tarot, I think. I'm pretty sure. 78, 78 Degrees. No, I'm sorry. 78 Degrees of Wisdom is what it's called. And it gives a good breakdown. Now, another really good book is by Lady Stephanie Neal, A Discovery of T Tarot. She, if you're a Corellian, there is a door program for that. You can go on the Corellian website and, um, and, or you can just read the book, but there is a whole training intensive thing that you can do as well. Um, so it's really, there's so much out there. There's so much information. It's, I mean, and like you said, don't be scared. It does, it does take practice just like with everything you need to ground and clear and charge and practice. Um, cause that's how you're going to hone that intuition and that psychic, you know, sense. So and we have a full moon coming up in about two weeks. Mm -hmm. Charge your cards. Yes. Oh, gosh. Somewhere. The moon is the best. Oh, yes. Or even if you can't get to the moon, you know, well, of course you can get to the moon, but you know what I mean? If you don't, if it's not visible, like for example, the way my porch is facing, I almost never see the moon from my porch unless it's like early. Um, but always do your research. You can charge under the moon. You can charge in a bag. You can get one of these little baggies and put some sage in here. Um, you can't, you know, you can run them through us around a salt lamp. You can do all sorts of, there's all sorts of different there's things. All sorts of ways. Um, the only question I get asked a lot, and it's usually by my students, when I hand a deck for someone to read, if I'm reading for you, I three times and then I hand you, it kind of knocks the energy off from anybody else. Yes. I will ask them to tap it three times to knock my energy off. Now it's their energy alone on it. They hand it back to me. I'm reading their energy. Right. A lot of people don't do that. Um, it's kind of like doing Reiki and not cutting, you know, yeah. not, and you can end up with some issues because it, yeah. the reason I always do, yeah, I always do you, I've always done the knock three times. Um, there's all sorts of different, I mean, if you look it up, there's all different ones, there's all different ones. The easy one to remember is one, two, three, hand it to them. They do one, two, three, they shuffle, they hand it back and you lay them out. And yeah, and I, like with a lot of things, it's going to be how you want to do it. Some people will not let other people, clients, querents touch their cards. They will be the one to shuffle. They will be, you know, they'll get their energy other ways just from, you know. The person being there. Right. Um, I like to have people more involved because mm -hmm. it's your reading. So you, you're going to, you're going to work for it. You're going yeah. to shuffle the cards. You're going to think about it. And people tend, if they've got them in their hand, they really tend to focus a little bit more because they do. they're doing this and they're thinking about what they're going to ask and they're shuffling and they're thinking. And that's, 
And that's what I'll say. Shuffle the card. Here's the cards. I'll knock. Here's the cards. And think of what you want. You know, think about what you're wanting to know or why you came here, what you want. And shuffle the cards because right. it does help them focus more and not have squirrel brain. But also it's putting their intention into the deck. Right. They're putting that heavy intention in because now they're really focused because they're holding it in their hand. Mm -hmm. um, usually they're looking at the back. So they're looking at a nice little pattern on the back and they're thinking about this as they're doing it. So they're putting so much more energy in it than if they're sitting across the table from you and you're shuffling. They're like, yeah, I'm trying to think about. And they're probably wandering around to what's in your house, what's on the floor. Right. You know, that's human nature. You're not going to change that. So really think about how you want to do it. Um, what a lot of fun is, is when you get a group of witches together and everybody whips out their tarot cards yes. um, and you start reading for everybody. Everybody reads for everybody. That's kind of a yeah. fun thing to do. It is. Do not ever get intimidated by somebody who's got years and years of experience because in this field, I'm going to tell you, anybody can learn the cards. Not everybody has the intuition to read the cards. There's a big difference. You can learn the card or you can read the card. Yes. So, and not everybody can. So just mm -hmm. if it feels right to you, say it. Like Melinda was saying, she kept telling this woman, this is what I feel. And she's like, no, you're crazy. Well, she wasn't as crazy. Yeah, that's that's the thing and also if it doesn't make sense to you you are not you're the vessel you're not the one i mean yes you're giving the reading but you're not giving the reading it's the energy coming through it's the intuition so like for example and and everyone reads differently but me for example i it sort of is like i don't some people are like clairsentient claircognizant they can, they see images or they'll hear something. For me, it's sort of like a thought bubble with a picture. Like I have symbols for certain things. Like um, if I have a antique doll, that's going to be my symbol for antique or something old, you know, um, and go with what you're getting. Like one time I got a, an image of a, a man and he was really dirty, like black all over him. And I was like, he looks like a car mechanic. Like, that's wh what it looked like to me. And I'm like, he's dirty, you know, blue collar, all this. Well, it wasn't a car mechanic. What it was, was he was a coal miner. Oh, there you go. So say what you're getting, because it might not make sense to you, but it might make sense to that querent. So don't try to pick it apart and don't think about it because at a certain point, it'll stop being your intuition and it'll be you. And that is big no-no. You do not want that. Don't overthink the situation. Um, that's why it's great when I write it down for people because I'm writing. And I don't right. have time to think of anything because I'm trying to remember what, I, what popped into my head. So I'm exactly. writing quickly. That is one way to focus because yes. you can't think of anything else. But, okay, I saw a guy wearing black. He had on a short dress, whatever. You're writing it down. So you're remembering, you're not putting anything else into your brain. You're just remembering that picture and drawing it basically because you're writing it down. And you'll hear all sorts of different rules with terror. It's really what you make it. Some people won't read people that they know because they feel like they're too close to them and they don't want that outside influence. Some people have no problem reading. 
there's no people are afraid to read for themselves yes there's no rules now i would say and i think i read a vlog or read i watched a vlog that lord don did a while back ago about uh, tarot and he did mention that it's good to get a handle on and practice and things like that before you read for yourself it's good to because you do know yourself so well or like you said you want the outcome to be something in particular you don't want that slap in the face and let me tell you tarot is good for slaps in the face <laughs> like it does not that's not the point because and going back to shadow work it's going to tell you what you need to work on, what the situation is, and you just have to face it. And there's not necessarily rules to tarot, but there are ethics. There are ethics. You should not ever be talking about, like what I'm saying now, I'm not using names. I'm using examples of, you know, past. You do not ever talk about a reading you don't disclose that as far you know like with people's names it's just it's confidentiality just like you know with anything else um so there are ethics for sure not necessarily rules you can either shuffle the cards or have them shuffle the cards you can you know things like that have them gifted you know believe you have to have them gifted or not that type of stuff does not matter but there is definitely ethics and there are definitely ethics with any time you're doing this. Now, if you're doing this professionally, and I, when I say professionally, I mean you're getting paid to do this. It yes. makes you a professional. Now you've got to up your game because now you're a professional. You're not sitting, you know, around your girlfriend's house with a bunch of you with a couple bottles of wine out reading tarot. You are doing this professionally. Always remember that. Take yes. yourself professional. Think of yourself as a professional. Now, I used to do readings, um, especially around Samhain. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of, there's different pubs and all in Baltimore that would ask for readers because it draws people in. Let's be honest, yeah. that was the whole point. Mm -hmm. um, but they would give you a little area and you know, you sit there and you read for people, you make money. Most of them did not charge because yeah. you were there. They might give you a beer. You're They're right. paying you, yeah. really. They're, but they might give you, I know most of the places I worked would give you two or three beers. Um, you read, people came in, you got to keep the money, that was all. But they would put your picture out front or whatever, you know, tarot reader, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was it was good advertisement for them. They're drawing a crowd because they have a reader. It's around Halloween, so you know what that means. Everybody wants their cards read. Doesn't matter who yep. they are, the Pope wants his cards read at Halloween. So you have to now stop and think about who you are. If yes. you're going to be a professional reader, then you better take yourself professionally. You better yes. make sure that you watch your P's and Q's when you're doing it. Please don't, or oh, you're going to die in two days. Oh, uh, please. Don't. Let's go beyond the theatrics. Yes. You're a professional. You treat yourself as such and you treat your clientele the same way. You might not ever see those people again, but I have done the readings in the different, pubs in Baltimore and I've ended up with clients forever, you know, yeah. two or three years, they would come to me like once a month. So you might be building your business and not even, I started, I started reading for my herbalist. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, and her fan and I did a reading with her family. Um, and then, you know, like I said, and everyone's different. Like for me, 
and I even put, if I'm reading professionally, my title that I give myself is intuitive tarot reader, because there's a difference between just someone that reads cards and someone that's heavily using. Now, of course, it's intuition no matter what, but when you're reading it professional, when you're reading professionally, it makes a difference for your clients when they're looking you up or they want to see your credentials, what your style of, you know, is. And there will be like psychic, you know, I, I read at a psychic fair at a tattoo shop. I mean, there's all little different sorts of things. I did readings at a metaphysical shop. We had like a a day of readings. And so there's all different things that you can do. Um, but you never ever tell anyone that they're going to die. You don't ever say, you know, well, this is the number one thing I could say is being a reader and reading tarot, you are not a fortune teller and you will have people coming to you for that purpose. And that's why I said some of those people, some people will rely on their readings to live their life. Like whatever their reading says, should I, should I take this new job or not? I mean, yes, of course that's going to come up at times, but if you're going every week or every two weeks, like clockwork and you're, that's how you're making your life decisions. That's not okay. Um, It's not fortune telling. We are not predicting the future. (laughs) Big point. (laughs) I tell people when they come in and sit down for a reading, my reading is what is happening at this second second mm-hmm. because if you get up and you turn right or you turn left you could change my reading if you get exactly. up out of your chair depending on which way you turn my reading might not be worth anything yeah exactly and that's why i was mentioning earlier the whole you know not to sound biblical but the whole free will thing i mean you can change the course of the reading mm-hmm. And that does not mean if they come back to you and say, my reading was wrong. Well, yeah, it's because instead of doing this, you did this. So it's like, duh, of course, that's not going to happen. You know, it's doesn't mean you gave a wrong reading or a bad reading. Right. And you need to be upfront. You need to tell them that this is what they're saying at this second. It could change, could change the minute you get up from the table. I've always been very upfront with my clients. Um, money matters are settled prior to the reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you charge, always have that up front. Have a sign what you charge. Um, when I used to read, especially at, at Halloween, they were always $5 readings just because it's like a three card, boom, boom, boom. You right, know, right. Because you're at a, a place of business and, and the right. whole idea is not for you to sit there for two hours with one person. The whole idea is to get in as many as you can because everybody's wanting to come in to have their cards read because it's mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, and of course. See, honest. Yeah. You know, um, like that's a lot of fun. And that's a great place to go is in a local um, pub. I call them pubs because they're not really bars. They usually serve food and have tables. Right. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's a casual atmosphere where you can go in and you're very comfortable. And you yes. can see. The other thing I caution, and I do this because you're, you're taking yourself seriously. At Salon, if I'm reading at Salon, yes, I'm dressed classically as a reader or as a witch, or I'll talk to the owner. Yeah, how would you like me dressed? I'm playing the part because of the time of year it is. Mm-hmm. If I'm going in to do readings professionally or I have clients come to my house, I'm not in a suit. 
but I am dressed business casual. Right. You're not in your tank top and flip flops. <laughs> well, right. in Florida, yeah, you got to wear flip flops. They're right. Fun. Sunday, go to meet in flip flops. <laughs> right. Um, that's the joke in Florida. Your, your snazzier flip flops. Snazzier <laughs> ones. But you want to treat, remember, your client is paying you money. Um, it's a business transaction, but it's a professional transaction. Are you going to walk in? How are you going to feel about walking to your psychiatrist's office? And right. you see your therapist dressed like, you know, like she just came from the beach. Right. It's going to make you question like, okay, I'm dressed. You should be dressed. It's almost along the lines of I'm taking this seriously, but you're not. It's, it's all in right. how you present yourself. And you have to, if you're going to do this for a business, you are now a business person. You mm -hmm. are now providing a service to somebody. So I always caution to have fun. If it's at a psychic fair, if it's at Samhain, if it's at Pagan Pride, if it's at something fun, then yes, go for it. I mean, come out with the most outlandish outfit you can, because trust me, if it's a psychic fair, there's probably 20 other readers there. So you're going to want to stand out to get someone from the crowd anyway. Exactly. But if you're doing this as a client-based business, then you need to treat it as such. So I just caution people because I've seen so many gifted readers who did not take themselves seriously and they kind of, they could have made them living reading cards. Yeah. They were this good and nobody would come to them because they would not take, you know, they'd show up in a pair of jeans or a pair of flip flops, cutoffs and a tank top. And right. it's like, dude, where are you going to the beach? You know, you're, you're exactly. going to a client's house to read or they're coming to your house. Mm -hmm. um, you, you might want to dress yourself up a little bit. If you're reading in a store, you want to dress like the rest of the employees. If they're all in khakis and a shirt or they're, they're business casual, then you dress that. If they're in jeans and t-shirts, because some of the stores are, I mean, we wear yeah. t-shirts. Yeah, um, sure. You're going to want to wear something like that. Look at just what you work doing. with the yeah. Just work with the store owner and see what the thing is, but don't be coming in like ripped jeans or Daisy Dukes or anything. Nobody wants to, you know what I mean? No. It's like you want to treat yourself as a professional. Yeah. Um, set your limits. Set your boundaries. How long yeah. are you going to do a reading? What are you charging for? Set that up. If you if, are using energy. It can be very draining. I was just going to say if you do this. Go to a professional and watch them. They only do so many readings a day because it, let me tell you, when we did them at Samhain in the pubs in Baltimore, I mean, you would do, that's why you only did a three card reading. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You actually had a line and you're trying to read and get the next one in and read because you don't want your people standing there waiting forever. But right. you also have to watch your energy level. The reason I would have something to drink or something to munch, you know, something small like chips or something to keep my, to keep myself grounded. Oh yeah. How much drink energy do you think you're getting from all of these people? You're, especially if you're an empath, you're picking up on all of this other stuff for you to stay grounded is very important. Have you something to drink? You're talking to the people you need yes. to, to refresh yourself. You need to maybe have a little bit of munch or nosh just to keep yeah. your, your levels, your sugar levels going. And, I, and you want to ground. 
you don't want to spend, you know, you don't want to be bouncing off the walls after 10 readings. And you also don't want to be like eating nachos and get, you know what I mean? Like use common sense, (laughs) like, you know, club crackers or something in a bottle of water. Um, And yeah, and also if you do start reading professionally and you're setting your fees and things like that, like a Celtic cross spread is going to be like usually standard or a three card spread. You're not going to charge as much as, for example, a tree of life spread that has over 40 cards and takes at least an hour. I mean, you just, you know, it's okay to have different. Normally when you go read professionally, you have three or four readings. And I used to love to have them drawn out and sitting yes. in front of the people. Which one do you, with the price on them? Yeah. I had that in my binder. I used to bring my binder and I would have, I had like over 20 spreads and I'm like, what are you looking for? I mean. I, usually if I'm reading for uh, like in a pub type situation. Oh yeah. Uh, then you want to have fewer choices because yeah, you'll be there all night. choices. You have the price at the top, you know, cheap, medium range not real high because you want to keep these people going through but the other thing you want to do is let them know that if you want a more in-depth reading have your business Business i'm telling you vista print can do an awesome job i wish i had one of my cards sitting here they're all over there mine are over there too (laughs) but we had some cards made up from vista print it's 15 bucks for 100 cards or 150 cards whatever the 15 bucks is well worth it. You can get some beautiful cards made up. You can hand them out to people. Um, I Everybody's like, you know, you come up with Madam Zelda, whatever you want to call yourself, make it somewhat normal. Because um, remember, these people are, are business people. They're, oh, you yeah. know, they do work for a living like you do. I'm an accountant, okay? So I, when I go in for a reading, I expect a certain decorum from my reader mm-hmm. because I'm a business person. I know what it costs to run a business. So you want to make sure that your clientele is well taken care of. Again, respecting the client. Um, if you're doing it in your home or at a, a metaphysical store, something like that, you have a lot more leniency, you know, you can work things. Um, I used to love to do the pubs and stuff like that around Salon because I have fun with that. That for me was fun. Um, I paced myself, people loved it. I did quick readings, um, depending on which pub I was at, they could be a little off color or, you know, we could have a lot of fun with it. And you can adapt. Yeah. You can adapt to the environment and be more lax. still being professional, you know, find that fine line. But, but you're having fun with it and they know you're having fun with it because yeah. when you do it at Samhain, it is because people are doing it because, oh, it's a fun thing to do. Let's go get our cards right. Yeah, um, if you're doing it professionally at your home or at a client's home, now it's a whole different situation. You have to yeah. be much more professional at that point. Exactly. Um, when I do it at, you know, the local pubs or whatever, I, I just take an old pair of an old set of cards that you don't mind if they get messed up because goodness knows they'll get a beer spilled on them or knocked on the floor or, you know, whatever. You, you don't take your, oh, my God, card read with you. You take something right. that you can 
usually I'll take a Rider weight deck or if I find something funny, a unicorn deck, you know, depending on the crowd you're working with. But always remember, have fun with it. Enjoy what you're doing. Don't make it a job. And some decks, I have, this is the Mood deck Ooh. signed by the person. Now this one, it says a disgustingly relatable tarot deck. So again, kind of like the Rebel deck. Not as like vulgar as far as the cussing, but it's still in your face. The reason why I was bringing these up is because, to your point, these are waterproof. Yes. They are waterproof. And she, what she did is she took the original Rider weight and she put like little thought bubbles <laughs> and named them different things. So instead of like the... Um, well, I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> um, that must be a good one. We'll read that one afterward. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just ridiculousness. I mean, it's just a fun deck. I wound up getting one of these for Miranda. But, um, like, the um, the Four of Cups. So you have, like, the Four of Cups. And then the bubble says, I already have three damn crybabies. Get that thing away from me. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's a fun deck. But these are waterproof. And she actually, the same person came out. She actually has a children's book that's not vulgar, Ranji. Um, and then she actually came out with a deck for kids. It's called the Young Witch Tarot. And what it is, is it has these, these cards and it'll have a explanation, sort of like the the you know on our little cheat sheet, but it has like a little cheat sheet at the bottom. But it's simplified and relatable, so that the kids can. It's a good learning deck, and I got it for Haley, um, and it's appropriate, of course. It's made for kids, um, but you know, it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, this is okay. So five of cups. Like, and then it says, oh my God, you guys, I suck. And then it says, it, in the back, it says empowered women up there. And then it says, dude, let's go to the strip club. Okay. <laughs> so it's just like, it's you know. Deck. Now, it is. you want to get, if you want to start, I recommend people working in pairs. Yes. Because you can read for each other. You can make silly stuff and you don't feel quite so vulnerable because you're right. with a friend. So I recommend if you get some, get a buddy, take a couple classes, go online, take classes, whatever, but have someone you could read with and have fun with. Then find somebody in your group or in your tribe, as I like to say, who's experienced and ask an opinion. Most yes. older readers like myself are okay, read my cards and we're going to be open and we're going to see what you're doing wrong or not doing right. And it's suggestive helps. Um, just little things that you do, you know, when you lay your cards down, you lay them flat, you know, uh, don't do what some people do is they bend the cards when they're pulling them up, you know, keep your cards right. in good shape. Yes. Um, just little things. But if you read with a friend and you you're learning, you will find others who are more than willing to give you a little help. Now, on the same token, this person like myself has spent 40 years, I've been reading for over 40 years, I put a lot of thought into my card reading. So yes. 
I will help you. I will critique you. If you want me to teach you, it's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. I am not afraid of that because just like anything else, you want me to do your taxes for you, which my right. goodness, my phone does not stop ringing. Ugh. You get charged. Right. I'm the one who has spent the last 45 years doing taxes. I've mm -hmm. had to learn all this crap. You're going to pay me for it. And make no bones about it. You are learning an art. You are learning a trade. Yes. You're going to take that trade. Whether or not you decide to, to make money off of it is entirely up to you. But it's just like an artist. You go to art school or you take an art class, you're paying for the knowledge of the instructor and for the instructor to help you move along. Now, whether you become an artist, that's up to you. Right. But you're taking up the valuable time that that person has. So if you're going to really seriously look at it as a business prospect, it is, it can be, and you can make quite a bit of extra money on the side. Yeah, absolutely. Set your time. But, yeah. And, but, and, and yes, but make sure that you're doing it because you love to do it and you have a passion for reading. Don't do it. If you're doing it just to make extra cash, but you're not involved in the reading or the process and you're not learning, don't you're do not it. going to have a repeat customer. I'll tell you that because they can pick it right up. Yeah. Cause then you're, then you're one of the psychic neon window signs. Yes. The ones that psychic $5 readings, you know, spiritualist, whatever. Not that to bad like or wrong, but it's just, no. if you're going to do it, take pride in what you do. Have exactly. fun with it. I have fun in accounting. I mean, you know, we do crazy stuff. But remember and always be very respectful. Yes. You have a gift. It's up to you how you use it. Um, exactly. It is a gift to read the cards because it's intuitive. You have to be able to read it, to pick up that energy, to understand the symbolism. You're going to exactly. spend some time doing it. Yes. But it's a lot of fun. And now that they got the cards out for the kids, that is the most awesome thing in the world. Um, it's hard for a child to read a right away deck, mainly because they don't understand 90% of the symbolism. Let's yeah. be really honest. It's and like with the helpful. young witch, I meant to grab it. It's way over there though. Um, like with the young witch deck, it is the traditional deck, as I said, and it gives the synopsis of basically what that card represents. So you can also expound on that and teach them about the symbolism. The, it does come with a book. So they have that as well. But it's a really, she did a really good job at, her name's uh, Natalie Meraki. Meraki, I'm not sure if I'm, M-E-R-A-K-I. She has a really awesome Facebook group too. But um, the... It's a good start. It's a good start. It gives them the basic to learn off the card, and then you can always expound on it. But, yeah, it's it's really amazing things that they're coming out with for kids now. I mean, pagan books, pagan beds. I just bought Fiona a pagan nursery rhyme book that just came out by um, J.C. Artissima. I always say her name wrong. But, um, but, I mean, it's really good for, you know, if you have that going on. It's but there's great. nothing wrong with reading the cards and enjoying it. I'm telling you, I'm listening about these kids' decks. I'm half tempted to go get one for myself. There's I love nothing that. wrong with you starting out with that kind of deck. No. If that is the help that you need, then do it. 
there's no cut and dry other than ethics and that's with any magic yeah i'm not going to tell you anything different there's a whole thing on ethics and i'm right there because at the end of the day the only thing a witch has is her integrity yes so when you think about it that way just remember that's what you're going for but yeah and like you had mentioned once a while ago you know what if you're the only witch that anyone ever comes across in their life or the only wiccan or the only pagan do you really want i mean we have all the stuff being you know that hollywood has done you know it's like we already have the the fight of no we're not devil worshiping baby sacrifice you know like make sure you represent yourself well because you may be the only witch pagan wiccan heathen voodoo priestess that anyone comes across so it's important to get your message across about you know not only what you do but to break the stigma break stereotypes hey we're doctors lawyers bankers accountants you know nurse just like anybody else we're not bad you know it's a recognized religion so and 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 this is one of the main big huge divination tools but there are so many um next week we're going to be going into rune magic and tea leaf reading so that is going to be fun i'm going to tell you you can make your own deck oh yes um i actually for my second degree way back in the dark ages i did a tarot deck out of the Corellian alphabet and jason has it Mm. get my deck back from him but it was a project i did because second degree is divination in our tradition so uh i made a divination tool and i made a tarot deck it was like wow i can do this um and my mentor ing um approved it so i i did make a deck and it was interesting you can read with it and we've had a blast with having fun with that deck because it's unusual yes. in that. But I do want to caution you that if you're doing it, mm-hmm. if you're going to make your own, you're going to have to make a legitimate. Yeah. You know, look at some of the other decks. There are people out there now making decks, what, every day? There's a different tarot deck out on the market. There's a Labyrinth deck coming out in July. I have it on pre-order. It's one of oh, my favorite okay. movies. 1987, David Bowie, Jennifer Conley. Come on. What's not to love? Jim Henson. I mean, <laughs> they got me right there. Jim Henson. <laughs> I've always loved Kermit. Um, but have fun with it. Enjoy it. Work on it. And mm-hmm. there are so many groups you can join that will help you learn. Um, but my thing is anybody that has a hard and fast rule, unless it's an ethic or something along that line, there really aren't any with tarot. You can read it however you want to. Right. Follow your own intuition on that because you're the reader. Yeah. And what's, what's right for someone else may not be right for you. Like a lot of people read in reverse. I just don't, I think I may with that new deck, I may, because for me, it's a whole other image in and of itself. So it's like you're reading it right side up, but the meaning is still what the reverse meaning would be. So that to me, because I'm a reader that reads the card and the imagery and the symbolism, that I could do, but taking, just looking at an upside down thing, that doesn't resonate with me, but it may with some. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. 
So. And, and read what you want. I mean, and really, I recommend you buy your own cards, feel them, touch them, look at them, see if they talk to you. Um, my second granddaughter, I have to go by ages. Um, my second one, Brianna, was she walks in and the first thing she does is she beelines. Now, she's in her late 20s, so... Mm -hmm. She beelines right for the tarot jacks and she just oh, yeah. starts touching like she did when she was little. It's so funny to watch her now. I just sit there and giggle, but it's the touch, the feel, what what oh, yeah. is calling to me. Um, there is nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of decks out there now that are really beautiful. Oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The I mean, artwork. a lot of times that's why I buy that, you know, like the light seer, that's why I get these or like, you know, the guardian of the night, like they're different, but the imagery is just, you know, five of pentacles. I mean, it's beautiful. And what but, happens, yeah. you start collecting. Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's dangerous right there. I have a whole huge uh, duffel bag and not even all of my cards are in that duffel bag. I, I know. That's they're on my shelves and people come in and I was like, oh, I got to put everything away. Um, but really, reading is, can be a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun with it. I know when we get together in groups, um, I can't tell you how many illustrations we've been to and everybody whips out their cards. So oh, yeah. I'm sure. whipping out cards. And when you're in a group environment like that, you're reading, you're having fun with the group. It's, it's intergroup. Yes. Um, when I talk about getting paid for doing it, it's when you're doing it as a business. If you don't ever plan to do it as a business and you just love reading just for the fun of it, it's just perfectly read. fine. It's yeah, fun. and I actually have a deck in the works that I'm creating. Ooh. I'm in the early, early stages, so I'm excited. And Jason said he will help me get it published, so I'm excited. I but think, um I think Jason is doing with mine. I'm gonna have to talk to him and find out. But yeah. do, read, do look, um, the Corellian traditions, they're going to add to this. Um, oh, yeah. I think there's supposed to be like expansions or something. Yes. Right? Now, I'm not 100% sure. Book. Yeah. 139 yes. page book. Yes. I know. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Um, uh, the artwork on these are absolutely sustainable just beautiful it's Lord Dawn though so i'm sure the book is like very eloquent and very you know it's, it's like beautiful i have it all um it's a larger deck have fun with it you can pull yeah. out the other decks the other suits and just read with the 78 or you can try all of them my hands are not big enough to hold it that was my only problem I like I need to you have to like, there. Have I mean, to like cut, cut the deck in half and shuffle one half and then shuffle because this is sizable you don't realize how big it is till you start to shuffle and you start working with it and it's like holy cow it's like four decks um yes. but again the ethics issue i really push on that and i really push on that you need to check your local municipalities for the legalities of doing your readings yes it's just you're like not when they get popped for doing a little old reading it's yeah. like well, we had an incident where we were doing a reading at a bookstore and we did not know that the county, now yeah. I lived in Maryland most of my life, but the county that we were in, and even the bookstore owner didn't know that, you were not allowed to do divination and money exchange hands. 
Mm. So I got seven readers. We're sitting there in front of all the tarot decks and the sheriff is sitting there watching us. Oh, we had to do tickets. So they paid inside and then came over to us. They paid at the cash register. Right. Money did not exchange our hands, but we, I never thought to read. I would not have ever thought I've read in Maryland and I never, ever had to go. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, So again, look at the laws in your neighborhood. If you're going to do this, check out what you can and cannot do. If you need to get a license, get yourself a license, just Mm -hmm. follow the steps. We don't want to make waves. And I mean, nowadays you can say you're a witch and no one's going to, you know, try and light you on fire or any of that good stuff. Right. Um, But you still don't want to give us a bad name. Right. So check out the laws, make sure you're legal to do it. Um, make sure that you can do it. You know, again, if you give lousy readings, you're, it's going to get told quickly. Yeah. Um, if you're not professional, everybody's going to find out really quickly. Word of um, mouth. <laughs> word of mouth is, and people can just be wonderful. Yes. Letting you know how bad they think you are, whether you are or not. Um, but again, take it in stride, work on yourself, um, and just work with you, do your daily readings, you know, until you feel comfortable enough. Exactly. Groups. Oh my gosh. The groups have so much fun. I'm involved in about three of them. Um, yeah. Groups that I get the stuff that comes up. Yeah. I am too. Some of it's it's a little intense. Some of it. Yeah. And you know, you just like with anything else, you'll have the people that think, Oh my gosh. So really quickly, cause we, we do need to wrap up, but there in one of the groups, this woman had a really beautiful tattoo of, if you are familiar with the three of swords, we talked about it earlier. It's basically in the rider weight deck. It's a heart with three swords going through it. So it looks, and she had this tattoo on her back, I believe like between her shoulders or something. It was really beautiful. She, so many people got on her. Why would you have that tattooed on you? That's such a negative card, blah, blah, blah. Well, it was about the struggle that she had went through and she had got, she had overcame it. So to her, that was a really powerful card and it represented a hard time that she got through in her life is what she was explaining. But I was so disgusted. I mean, there were so many people like, why would you pick that card? And it's like, don't, don't be that person. (laughs) It's like, and again, just with anything else, words of caution, just be careful. Um, if you're reading in your home, be careful who you invite in. Yes. Going to somebody else's home, be careful where you're going. Yes. Food for thought because you never know what's going on out there in somebody's mind. So just keep that in, in mind. And, you know, you're going to have those naysayers and you're going to have those that are tell you that, you know, you're going to hell and we have the get out of hell free cards. If you need one, let us know. Thanks to Pam. (laughs) Let us know. We'll make sure you get them. So it's a free get out of hell. So, you you know, actually it's a free get out of hell card. It's it's, it's like a tangible, but I've used the card. Yeah. Times. Yes. Um, the only other thing I do caution anybody who is doing magical work um, from their home, you, you always clear your people, 
but don't be afraid to put up your credentials. Oh yeah. If you notice, I have a wall full mm -hmm. and there's a reason for that. Um, just like anybody who has a diploma from a college, mm -hmm. put it up. Well, why do I do that? Well, I worked hard for that. Trust me. Yeah, um, exactly. You want to display what it is you do along with your credentials. This lets people know that you're not playing games. Um, I started reading at home and the very first thing a gentleman came in, I, I have a little office in my home and he came in and sat down and he's like reading my credentials and he's like, wow, you, you really do this. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I mean, that's why I'm doing this, but it was amazing to me that he took the time to look at all of my credentials and said, Oh, would you do this and you do that? And I'm like, yes, I do. So I ended up, um, not only did we have a card session, but he wanted a Reiki session. So we ended nice. up with a Reiki session. Um, so don't be afraid to display what it is that you do and, and your credentials, because it's very important for people to feel comfortable coming to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying you need the credentials, but if you have them, put them on display. Absolutely. People walk in, you put your diploma on display, your college uh, mm -hmm. diploma. There's no reason you can't have, this is my uh, holistic healthcare practitioner certification. I'm yeah. certified as a holistic healthcare practitioner. So yep. if there was ever a question, well, here's my certifications. Yep, exactly. It's a really good thing. And like she said, it's not required, but if you do have them, it would not be a bad idea. And like she said, you work for them. Why not? Um, even if it's just your first degree certification, that means you took a year out of your life or longer because it's a year and a day, at least I hate when they, Oh, it's a year and a day. At least <laughs> sometimes it takes a lot longer Four years for my first degree. And so, oh yeah, I worked hard for that. I'm printing that there's nothing up on the wall. Exactly. And exactly. it's done for a reason. It, it's, not being mean it's just saying that yes i i put a year of my life just like you're well and there's and there's nothing wrong with taking pride in what you've accomplished i mean it's not about there's a fine line between ego and being proud of what you worked really hard for it's not always big-headed ego i'm all about titles that's not what it's about i mean for some it is because some people have problems with their ego but um there's nothing wrong with if you go into a therapist's office or a psychiatrist's office, they have all their university things, you know, a doctor's office, they have all their things back behind them. I mean, it's no different. No, and I really do recommend that you just like your college, you know, I've got my University of Maryland up there. Um, I worked hard for that. Yeah, I'm going to display, but I worked hard for my witch stuff. I think oh, I worked twice as hard for my witch stuff as I did that. Yes. That was a four year decree. This has been ongoing for over 50 years. Right. So we're not talking a little bit of time. Display your stuff. Treat yourself as a professional. You will be a professional. Yes. If that's your intention. And that's the hardest thing to figure out. Is that what you want to do? Exactly. And you can meditate on it and pull a card for yourself. Pull a card it's been... for yourself. I was going to say, do yourself a reading and see what you come up with. Exactly. Okay. Am I on the right path? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just take your time with it. Learn it. 
have fun with it and go practice, with it. If you, practice, practice, practice. Oh my goodness. I can't say that enough. And if you have kids, I can actually now say, I used to tell you, wait till they're a little bit older. Cause that rider weight deck has so much in it. I mean, it's jam packed. Every card has a million symbols in it. Mm -hmm. It's hard for the one means a different thing, right? And some of the children may not be old enough to understand some of the symbolism. Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. you know, or, or it might be sensory overload and they can't, you know, well, a bleeding heart. We know what that is. A bleeding heart liberal. A 10 year old does not know what a bleeding heart liberal is. Right. So now that they have the children's cards, boy, I recommend them 150%, even the Oracle cards. Yeah. They're really amazing. So it, it, there's so much, I mean, honestly, we could go on. There's so much, there's so much, but it, it's really awesome. They even have like a movie deck. There's so, you can literally Google and I, it, you'll probably come up with a deck. Like you could just spit something in and they'll have deck. My caution is do not drink and prime because you will end up ordering 4 million tarot decks. That brings up a good point, though, really quickly, because you should not read under the influence. Should not do that because Again, you need to be, you well, not only professional, but you also need to be clear headed. You need to be that vessel for energy, spirit, whatever. You need to be clear so that you're getting clear images and messages intuitively but you cannot be all like, you know, I mean, if you're doing something fun with your girlfriends, that's different, but professionally, no, 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 don't do. Yeah. You Just should not treat it like a job. Do you go to work? Well, I'm not going to ask that because some people do, but I'm saying if the normal practice is to not go to work under the influence. Right. But again, again, it's about ethics, you know, and we're going to have a show on that, believe it or not. Um, we are, yes. That's that's a really touchy subject with me. I, I do have issues with that. Um, but read, enjoy. Um, hey, try some of those different decks. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to get the kids deck. I really am because that just sounds like so much fun. It is. They have some fun stuff out. And really quickly, don't forget to go to our YouTube channel to like our um, and subscribe, sorry, Facebook, YouTube, yeah, like and subscribe, that covers them all. Um, tea time with Mother and Crone, time T H Y M E. You must be a subscriber, but we are doing giveaways, and we have a keyword of the week. This week, the keyword is tarot. So, okay. so who? We did not have a winner last week. Oh. We did not. So you guys are letting tea time mugs go without a home. That is not cool. We have mugs to give out. We want to give them out to you. Yes. All you have to do is subscribe. You get a little sneak peek. Like when we record our show, you know, prior to it streaming, you'll get notifications. You can turn it on or off if you don't want our notifications. It's perfectly fine. But the only thing is just, just to be a subscriber. And then all you do is email the keyword to teatimemc at gmail.com. What the keyword is, if we have several people, then we'll put it on a spinny wheel and draw randomly. But you get a free mug, a free tea time mug. Free tea free. Time. And I want to thank whoever bid at the auction 
yes. t-shirt and our mug. Thank you so yes. much. Thank, thank you, you whoever you are. We don't and whoever you are, um, post a picture of your, and then put like CNT auction winning and like, we want to see who are you? We're excited that that did so well. Well, we're, we're going to CNT auction. I was bidding on that, Pamela. I was bidding on that. I got it. <laughs> Problem. Um, you get we have fun during auction time. Um, but the, there is going to be another auction at the in the fall, right? In the fall, and again, we have donated a and a mug. Um, we're not sure what else is going to be there, but we do know that those are already donated. So, thank you very much for helping the uh, Curling tradition. It's pretty awesome when we can do these. And I think, think we raised over eight hundred dollars. Uh, and I want a big shout out to Mike Neal because that yeah. man. Bless his heart. I'm telling you, I know I drive him nuts because I'm a bidder. And when it gets into the bidding wars, he's like, whoa, you know, but yeah, it's awesome because he gathers it all together, puts it all together. If you bid on one or two items, like I, I want a few items. Yes. Uh, yes, I did. I got my, I got my, uh, arrowhead Native American arrows that I won. So I'm excited for those. Uh, he puts it together. If there's less shipping, he'll, you get a refund for, you know, a couple dollars off the shipping, which he really doesn't have to do. Um, the packages, I've already got mine. I mean, this was like, and I just paid for it. So I was yeah. like, whoa, um, it's wonderful. It goes for a good cause. It goes for a tradition. But some of the stuff, I'm, I'm going to have to show you the earrings I got. Um, yeah. yeah, I had way too much fun. But again, thank you whoever bid on us because that made <laughs> us like we were so proud. I know. It was so fun to see that. And thank you always, always, always for you guys' support. We do um, get on in the chat on Sundays when it live streams on Facebook so we can interact with you guys if you have questions or want to hang out. So that's always fun. And that's sort of a new thing that we just started doing. So. And now next week, again, we're going to say the special word for this week is tarot, tarot. <laughs> and next week, we're going to be working on rune magic and tea leaf reading. Now, I have never read tea leaves. I've never been good at it. I, all I am I'm just is delving in water. Yeah, I'm just delving into runes. So we got each other. <laughs> we got each other. I, I always imagine that Harry Potter scene where she's looking in, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's know, exactly, I've never seen anything like it's that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's just what I need to hear. But um, we're going to go into that. And the week after, May 30th, we're going to have, again, a little bit of divination. But this is going to be a lot of different stuff. So if you have a favorite or something that's really different in divination, please shoot us a line and let us know what it is because we might be able to hit on that topic on the thir on the 30th. So yes. give us a heads up on that because um, there's so many different things. We're going to try some oddball stuff then. Next week is the rune magic. Please watch that because we're going to show you how to make some runes. We're going to have fun with that one um, as well as the tea leaf reading. This is, I can't wait to see this part because <laughs> I cannot read tea leaves. So I just can't wait to see what comes up. So that ought to be a lot of fun. Um, again, thank everybody for watching and supporting us. We really appreciate it. 
We love your comments on Sunday. We, we try to jump on there and answer them back and, you know, be as silly as we can be. So thank you. And I guess we're going to see you all next week.